Hi, my name is Kate Kidd, and this is my podcast, Consistency of Life. This is actually my very first episode, and for that, I wanted to talk about a topic that has um, been a really big factor in my life, especially the past few years, which is social media. Social media is this mimetic machine in our pockets where 90% of the U.S. population and 59.4% of the global population is active daily. So I'm here to talk about the negatives and positives of social media because there is a duality that I feel that hasn't been expressed as of late. I've seen A majority of people talking about how terrible social media is for your mental health or how toxic it is for turning people into profiles. And while there is truth to those statements, I've seen a lot of the same people that are saying that are the same people that can't get off of it or don't have a healthy relationship with social media. And that's not always the case, but I've seen that be the case the majority of the time. And it's almost like this toxic ex-relationship type of deal, and I'm not really here for that. So I'm going to share with y'all my perspective and some tips and tricks that help me heal my relationship with this powerful tool that we all know and have a love-hate relationship with as social media. Um, So I have a whole list of stuff in front of me that I want to talk about, and Uh, I'm going to list any sources that I used on my Instagram, so uh, if you want to follow me there to get those details, uh, I'll have that linked in the little chat, um, the description box. But first I want to talk about is the addiction that people have when it comes to social media and how that can affect mental health in a really, really huge way. And even as I talk about this, I feel that I believe that we still don't have a full grasp of the effects of social media on mental health and emotional health as well. Um, But I'm going to share with you the information that I do have. Um, I remember when I had an addiction to social media and it was when I was going through a really, really hard time in my life and social media gave me that energy and effort and attention that I just wasn't getting in my own life. I When I went on to the app, I felt as if I was getting this love that I I just, I felt so understood. And I think that's because I didn't understand myself and I was surrounding myself with people that just genuinely didn't really care to get to know who I was. Um, They weren't very genuine people. And um, and so that was one thing. I just, I felt like this, you know, TikTok, and I'm going to talk about TikTok mostly, Throughout this because that is one of the that is like the biggest and most um, influential social media app there is. But whenever I went onto this app, I felt seen and I felt heard and I felt understood. And because of that, you 
so I think the main question is, if you have an addiction, you should be asking yourself, why do I have an attachment to this source of continuously changing media? And I guess another good question would be, what am I gaining from investing my time and energy into social media? Because for me, I didn't realize how many hours of my day I was pouring into this app that wasn't really giving back to me in a positive way uh, because I wasn't using it in a positive way. I, I was I was using it, you know, in um, an escapism. I was trying to escape something that I was avoiding in, you know, my real life. And I noticed that Another big thing, and this is with mostly Instagram, this is with any any app, but I've seen this a lot with Instagram and TikTok, where likes are being translated into love, and comments and followers are being translated into, like, psychologically, it's being translated into friends or, you know, a social network or a community when really at the end of the day just because you have oh sorry (laughs) just because you have um excuse me uh a social an online social atmosphere doesn't mean your actual life is social itself and also with the hearts, you know, liking stuff and that being translated into love and, you know, and attention and all this other stuff, that is incredibly unhealthy because that means that, for me at least, it when I was, when I noticed that, I saw that a lot of people didn't have self-love or they just, there was a lack of love in their life and so, getting the likes boosted their ego or made them feel better about themselves and that's why when they when people didn't get as many or they didn't get as many comments or they didn't have as many followers they saw that as rejection and so did I I mean when I didn't get as many likes on a post or when I started losing followers I thought people were rejecting me or that they hated me or that there was a problem with me or that they disliked me and while yes that can be true (laughs) that probably wasn't the case most of the time and also it's none of my damn business what people think of me it's it's nobody else's business what I think of them And that's the other thing is with social media and having an addiction to it, you can become out of touch with reality and really put all of your, your whole life into this, this app, these apps online. And that's not real life. It isn't real life. And if you're doing that, then you're just hurting yourself. And you really have to ask those questions, you know, that I stated earlier. Why do I have an attachment to the source of continuously changing media? And what am I gaining from investing my time and energy into social media? And, but if you have an addiction to social media, you're not the only person. Monthly active users. TikTok has, and this is in 2020, TikTok has over 1 billion monthly active users. 
Facebook has 2.9 billion, YouTube has 2.2 billion, Instagram has 1.4 billion, Snapchat has 750 million, Pinterest has 480 million, and Twitter has 300 million. That is over 9 billion social media accounts across the globe. That is a huge number and I guarantee you a lot of these people that are spending, that are a part of the statistic, I'm a part of the statistic as well, even though I don't, I do monitor my time with social media and I'm more intentional about it now, thank God. (laughs) Um, I guarantee you that there is a huge percentage of people that spend more than the time that they should on this app because the average minutes per user on TikTok is 95 minutes per day. That is the average time. And I'm I did the math and that is 9 that is sorry, 492.75 hours a year. That is hours a year that you are spending. That is crazy. That's crazy. I'm going to, like, imagine... Sorry, I just slapped my phone down the table. Imagine how much time and attention and energy and effort you could be putting into a more productive area of your life or using social media instead of rather as this escapism... um, action, using it for that to escape something in your life or, you know, to add value to, add value to your life. Cause that's the other thing. A lot of people feel that, you know, social media adds value to their life and that is also incredibly unhealthy. And, um, if you feel, um, in my opinion, I, I do believe that that is incredibly unhealthy. Um, and it's, there was a study that was done, um, and it's on Facebook addiction disorder. That is a actual thing because I, addiction criteria such as neglect of personal life, mental preoccupation, escapism, as I've been saying, mood modifying experiences, tolerance, and concealing the addictive behavior appear to be present in people who use social networks excessively. That is why I feel that it's so unhealthy if you do spend so much time on these apps and it's not for a productive um, or constructive, um, to cultivate a productive or constructive environment. Because there's a lot of people that their job is social media. And so they have to create content or, you know, they have to reach out to customers to create more engagement or, you know, whatever, whatever the deal is. If that's the case, then that is perfectly fine. That, that is amazing. And that I'm going to get into in just a minute. But that's, that is, but that's not, it's not healthy if you're using it for all those other reasons that I just previously listed. And studies have also confirmed that people tend to undergo a kind of withdrawal. 
A study a few years ago at Swansea University found that people experience the psychological symptoms of withdrawal when they stopped using. And this went for all internet use, not just social media. So it's like this, it's an addictive drug. So it's, that is literally you that convinces you that it's tending to your needs and that it's good for you when in reality it is not if you are not using it to build your brand and excessive use of smartphones has also been associated with stress anxiety and even depression um there was this article that said neuroscience. Sorry, I keep flubbering my words, but neuroscientists have referred to this health issue as digital dementia, which ultimately ultimately affects important right brain functions such as short-term memory, attention, and concentration in ways that may or may not be reversible if they're not treated properly. So this is a really, really serious issue that if you're facing that you genuinely have to confront because it can permanently alter your brain. And that's what I've also been saying a lot is social media has changed natural desire um, to the point where it's there's this mimetic desire, which means we're adopting another person's desire as our own and usually without even realizing we're doing it. It is legitimately altered natural desire, which for people that are actively on it, and this can literally lead you to lead a life that is not your own and that is a facade to present to people because you want the attention or the praise or the pride that you feel that these other people are getting from chasing these certain desires. And you're like, well, I want that. But, you know, in applying that into your own life, when really you don't want that, you don't want to actually pursue that certain profession or you don't want to actually be that kind of person or have that lifestyle. You're just doing it because, you know, you're told that it's better for you or you're told that it'll make you happier or you're told this or that. All of these different narratives. And when you don't take a second to think about what you need and what you want, these narratives can become your own inner thoughts because you are what you eat and your brain is what it sees. And so, and that's just, that that's an, a very important quote that I actually really, really love and that stuck with me. You are what you eat and your brain is what it sees. <laughs> I love that quote. Um, and I live by it every, anytime I go on social media, and I spend more than 30, many, 30 minutes and I know I'm not, it's productive time and it's taking out of other, you know, um, areas of my life that I could be benefiting or, you know, working towards growing. I immediately get off of it because there's this sense of, I, I found that there's also this feeling that, um, 
is very, very common among people is when they go on social media, there's also this huge brain fog that they experience the second they get off of it. And that's another thing that draws them in to stay on these, like to just scroll and scroll for so long and just so many hours. And it just keeps them sucked in because the second that they look up from their phone, it's, it's just reality is so much more boring than the world that they were just looking at in their phone, which can, which comes from mostly overstimulation, which is what happens when there's too much sensory input for your brain to handle and it can make you feel overwhelmed and irritable and uncomfortable and can cause this brain fog, which in turn can have this really, really huge effect. I mean, everything that I'm talking about can have a huge effect on your life and it just, it may not seem like it or sound like it, but I promise you it does. And when I deleted social media for, I think about a year, I deleted it for a whole year and then re-downloaded it, I felt like I could finally breathe again. I felt like I could have my own opinions and think for myself and I knew who I was and I also was able to think so much more clearly. I didn't walk into a room and then forget why I went into that room or I didn't open my laptop to do homework or to do work or, you know, to join a meeting and then zone out every five minutes. I was able to focus my attention span was so much longer and it... It opened up opportunities and doors for me by me deleting it and then coming back and recreating this new dynamic and this new relationship with social media in a much more positive way, um, which I'll get to. <laughs> but um, there's just, with overstimulation... Um, you also, there's this, um, with the brain fog and everything, sleep. A lot of, so, 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 so many people are losing really, really just important hours of sleep because sleep is so, so, so important, which I want to do a whole other podcast episode on eventually. Um, and by sleeping, uh, there have actually been studies done that you get way less, when you're on your phone before bed, not only can this delay your bedtime and cause and completely ruin your circadian rhythm by causing certain melatonin, um, receptors to be lower at night, um, when they're supposed to be higher, maybe I have it the other way around, sorry, look it up for yourself. (laughs) Um, these melatonin receptors, it messes with them, which then in turn messes with your circadian rhythm. And then that causes you to go to sleep later. And then that affects REM sleep, which is the most important part of sleep. And then causes a lowered state of alertness when waking up and causes people to have this 
just incredibly draining and tired feeling in the mornings, even after getting a whole nights of rest, getting, you know, 12 hours of rest and still not feeling rested. That, a huge part of that could be because of social media. Now, I know a lot of people suffer from insomnia and other things, which is what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about social media right now. Um, and... I think when you get to that point of overstimulation and addiction, it's starting to have all of these other effects. There also comes in the factor of desensitization. And I've been seeing so many, I've just been seeing just as a whole, as society, people becoming desensitized to mass murder, to porn, to war, to just all of these terrible, 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 like, incredibly serious issues. And they aren't being taken as seriously because we've become so desensitized to them. Or it's the complete opposite, which would be defined as cancel culture, which I really want to go into in another podcast episode as well. Because although cancel culture can show a positive end result in someone's behavior, the process of going about that has become incredibly toxic and dangerous. And I think that we, I think a really great example would be recently um, the, you know, Haley Bieber and Justin and Selena Gomez drama. I know you've all heard enough about it probably at this point, but it's a really good example. So I'm going to bring it up. Um, you know, Haley Bieber being accused of being mean to Selena and you know, uh, racism and bigotry and which, um, and, you know, homophobia and just, but mainly what the main thing that people care about is, uh, her being mean to Selena and then stalking both her and Justin and, you know, copying her and just, it's this whole big ordeal. I'm not going to get into it right now, but <laughs> the whole point of me bringing it up is, People have been sending death threats to Hailey Bieber. They have been telling her that she should kill herself, that she looks like an ear, that she deserves to be treated horribly by her husband, and that she doesn't deserve happiness, which if you are supporting that behavior or if you're a part of that behavior, you're fucked up in the head. And that is disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. Um, what should be the narrative is I'm not going to support you until you apologize and show that you've truly grown and changed. If you believe that there truly is a problem that she, that needs to be addressed, then I feel that that is the way that it should be addressed. I am not going to support you until you apologize and show that you have changed for genuine reasons. And I think that that's a great way to go about cancel culture, but not threatening people and scaring people into being a person that everybody wants them to be. That is disgusting. And that is what is adding to this mental health crisis. And we also have to realize that there are children, there are actual children on social media. And the influence that one person can have on people is huge and 
I think with minds, like developing minds on social media, people also have to realize that if you're commenting a mean comment on something, there could be a child that could see that and then think that that behavior is okay. Or that if they do what a, what that person was doing in the picture or the video, that if they do that, then that's not okay. Then, you know, and they have to live by these laws of other people's opinions and other people's beliefs, which is not how we should be. That is not what the influence of social media should be because... I genuinely believe that social media can help individuals build confidence and find their voice and gain new communication skills and build their brand and quickly spread positive and important messages. And it can be used as a tool. Obviously, um, the key benefits of social media is the ability to connect on social media, whether this be with friends, family, or for business. It provides society with the opportunity to create global connections. But with that, we also have to be incredibly mindful of what we are, who we're connecting with, why and how, and understanding that you're guilty by associate association as well. Um, if you're, you know, following or interacting with people that... Um, don't support, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to use examples here, like kindness or, you know, individuality, things like that. If you're supporting people that, then that's who, what you're going to be associated with as well. But if you're, following people that, you know, are just filled with hatred or they're just constantly talking about what they do or don't like and, you know, they're constantly, you just constantly see them commenting or posting about negative situations or things or just being unnecessarily pessimistic or passive-aggressive, whatever it is, then you in turn will be associated with that person and you in turn will also be viewed as that kind of person whether you realize it or not. And so I think with children especially being on this app, we should lead by example, not just for them but for ourselves as well and for the people that are following us because if somebody follows you, you have an influence over them and you are and if you have an influence over somebody, you're going to impact their life one way or another. Um, which is where I want to get into how it can be used as a tool to positively impact people. And as I said, you know, the, you know, obvious ability, you know, key benefit or whatever is to connect on social media with friends, family, business, um, global connections. But a big, a huge, 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 huge positive of social media would be generating the visibility around social, ethical, environmental, and political views or issues. We've seen a huge, huge, huge rise in Gen Z's um, 
impact in the 2020 election and then the 2022 um, midterm elections and which broke records which just shows how big of an impact TikTok can have in this generation and can you know then you know have an influence on other generations but we've seen um but with this it also um it spreads spread it spreads educational material really quickly and efficiently and this can also in then turn you know provide companies with new marketing opportunities and you know all this all this other stuff but you know, with the political issues, we've been seeing, you know, a huge rise in, you know, women's rights, gay rights, trans rights, uh, black rights, Asian rights, Hispanic like, and we've been seeing a huge rights and people, a huge, a huge rise in people fighting for individuals' rights beyond their selves and, you know, this big, um, you know, movement of, you know, the sacrifice of believing in something bigger than yourself and beyond yourself. And um, I believe in, you know, that really has brought a lot of people together and created, and I believe that that has created, um, you know, a positive community as people, you know, fighting for what they believe in. And I think that that's an amazing and beautiful thing, um, as long as you're going about it in a constructive way, um, then I think that it's just, that is a really positive thing that we've seen is the effects of reaching people and having this, you know, grip on, you know, politics especially, and, um, it's especially in the U.S. that has been incredibly important the past, um, sorry, I popped my knuckle, um, in the past few years, uh, with certain presidencies and, you know, laws being threatened and overturned and just so much drama I'm not going to get into right now, but TikTok has significantly helped the influence of maintaining those rights, I should say. Um, when uh, entering social media, the social media realm, you become a profile and a brand. And how you market and manage yourself can open doors and opportunities for you that would never be available uh, without it. Uh, they, you've seen, I mean, just a couple examples, Charlie D'Amelio, this girl got famous off of doing 15 second, like the renegade, she got famous off the renegade. (laughs) And I mean, if she, if she didn't have TikTok, like if she never done a download, posted those videos or, you know, actually downloaded the app she would not be where she's at. And I know that that's a broad example, but it's just a it's it's just one really good one that I mean now she's known for dancing and you know the Renegade and you know all that other stuff, but that's what how she's marketed herself as, you know, the TikTok dancer. And um and then we saw, you know, the rise of Addison Rae with all that stuff and, you know, and but, ugh, sorry, a little out of breath. 
getting a little passionate here. <laughs> but, um, it's, you know, you have the opportunity to build a community off of your brand, off of yourself. And this is where we find people, like, genuinely, you know, finding a voice through social, social media. And that is a beautiful thing. Um, or being able to express themselves in ways that they feel that they can't maybe, you know, elsewhere and gaining recognition for that. And I think that that's a beautiful thing as well. Because, um, like I was saying earlier, the monthly active users TikTok has is officially over 1 billion you know, Facebook 2.9, YouTube 2.2, Instagram 1.4, Snapchat 750 million, Pinterest 480 million, and Twitter 300 million. And that was as of 2020. That you have millions to billions of people at the tips of your fingers to market and to, man to market your brand to. And to build a business around and we've seen a huge example another really good example of this is top trending songs on tiktok are usually a top trending spawn song on spotify as well and this really illustrates the true influence of the platform and and has launched careers and has the has really, really um, added a lot of value to the music community and has uh, made it a way more diverse and inclusive environment as well, which I absolutely love to see. Sorry, not that again, but which I absolutely love to see. And um, I, but that is a, that's another really uh, good example is the music industry on TikTok. I mean, it's, you see, what's the one? Like, Golden Hours by that uh, kid Jake. He, that started on Spotify, and now he's going to the Grammys. He's getting, he's on top Spotify charts. He's, and less than a year ago, he was, he was, like, hustling hard to just even be heard by, I think, just a couple thousand. Maybe it was two years ago? Maybe it was 2020 when this song was generating around um not sure in the specific details but there's so many artists i think doja cat made her big break look at doja cat now look at her <laughs> that is insane and her music was and it was because of one of her trending songs on music and i mean if you really want to use these brands i mean I have, I like, as I said at the beginning, I'm talking mostly about TikTok throughout this, but this, everything I'm saying can apply or translate over into any other social media app. But um, with TikTok, uh, there are so many business opportunities, such as, you know, brand takeover ads. Those can cost anywhere between 20000 and 200000 and, you know, there's hashtag challenges, um, which you can gain, like, $100,000 over. There's advertising campaigns that just start at $50 a day, no long-term commitment. Um, 
There's, uh, you know, TikTok recommends an additional $100,000 to $200,000 in ad spend within TikTok to promote a hashtag challenge. If you're a part of that, there's, you know, TikTok influencers with 2.5 million followers or more, which charge around $600 to $1,000 per post compared to, you know, $100 to $200 for every 10,000 to 20,000 followers on Instagram. That is huge and the engagement on TikTok is like no other as well and so that's why I think um, I wanted to talk about it so much because it also had such a, you know, uh, big effect on my life as well but the engagement within TikTok, you could have, I think I saw this example where Jennifer Lopez has 40 or 42 million followers on Twitter and uh, TikTok. I could be wrong, Um, but she posted a video on TikTok and it got 5 million likes versus when she posted that same video on Twitter with the same amount of followers and it got 2 million. And I mean, that just shows the huge vast, the huge difference of engagement that you have there and the opportunity that these brands have to engage with their, you know, their, their customers or fans, followers, whatever you want to, supporters, whatever you want to call them, you know, um, or call yourself. Cause if you're a supporter, then I guess that's you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, as I said, I really do believe that social media can help individuals build confidence, find their voice, gain new communication skills, build their brand, and quickly spread positive and important messages. And through this, I would say that my biggest piece of advice is putting timers on your social media apps. I found that when I used and put timers on my apps. Um, Usually I set it to like 30 or 40 minutes because when I was setting it to 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I only spent 10 minutes. And then, you know, I keep going and then I look up and it would be like two hours later. It was like, oh my God, you know? So put it to like 30 or 40 minutes, something that you'll actually listen to and understand that if you have an addiction to social media, cutting back on your time with it or, you know, creating a more positive relationship with social media is going to be incredibly hard at first because as I said in um, the beginning, the middle of this episode, uh, you, social media can actually, you can have a withdrawal effect from social media if you have an addiction. It's scientifically proven you experience the symptoms of withdrawal. So be patient with yourself. Be patient incredibly patient with yourself and find hobbies that you genuinely enjoy to put your time into. Um, Just whatever that be, whether that is um, going to a museum or, you know, staying at home painting and reading or, you know, going out with friends or, um, I don't know, cooking, going to a cooking class or cooking, you know, at your, at home, um, I don't know, uh, starting a podcast, (laughs) start a podcast, um, that's not, that's not the reason why I started this one, um, uh, 
part of the reason, I suppose. Uh, I genuinely wanted to talk to people and have um, a positive influence on people uh, or just be some kind of big sister in a way. And I think that that's really beautiful that I'm able to do that, that I went from having such a negative um, relationship with social media to now using it to promote my brand and, you know, promote this podcast and also just honestly really market myself and, um, and just cultivate a really positive atmosphere on social media. And I think that that's something that's really, really beautiful. Um, uh, I also, another, um, a tip or trick that I have is unfollow everyone because when you unfollow people or you unfollow because a lot of the times like it's like the the main reason why you're addicted is because you're following so many people that are just pumping all this different information. When you unfollow every single person, there's nothing for you to look at. I mean, at least on Instagram, but um, there's just nothing for you to look at. And um, and TikTok also has a harder time trying to uh, cultivate a For You page that's more directed towards your wants and needs, which, and then which in turn can, you know, kind of cause you to steer away from it more because it's not fulfilling you as much as it was. So I guess that would be another thing and um, another tip that I'd have. Um, also, I mean, I think the biggest one is that if you really genuinely do have an addiction um, to social media, just delete the app until just delete it for like a month and then come back to it uh I think that's just the biggest one just delete it and come back to it um but yeah at the end of the day it social media is this incredibly powerful tool that we really we have the power over we have this huge we can have the power over it or it can have power over our own lives and when we allow it to have power over our own lives, it can dictate every single second of every single day. And so I, I want to challenge people to try and um, use it to, for a, you know, to promote themselves in whatever way that may be. Whether that be like, I, you know, they, you know, whether you're going through a self-love journey and so you go on Instagram to find or social or TikTok to find self-love quotes or, you know, mental health quotes or to just post a picture of yourself when you're feeling good. I mean, I don't know if that really, but, um, you know, I've just, I've talked about so many different examples, but, um, And if I continue to talk about them, I'm just going to go on a tangent and this podcast episode will never end. But at the end of the day, we can allow social media power over us or we can have power over it. And when you have power over social media, that makes you so much more powerful as a whole. 
and your life becomes more, like, just so much more, it's just, it's filled with so much more sustenance because you're not allowing this outside factor to control your life or have this huge effect on your life or dictate it or drive it in any way. Yeah, I think that's everything that I have to say for now. Uh, You know, I may not have said everything that I wanted to say, um, or, you know, I may do another episode on social media in the future because it's constantly changing. I mean, constantly. Um, It's almost like an AI. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, um, But I hope you really enjoyed, and I hope that uh, if you made it all the way to the end, that this was helpful for you or that it was productive in some way and that it added value to your life. I hope that you can take some positive factors away from this episode. Um, I hope you have an amazing morning, night, day, whatever it is and when you're listening to this and I look forward to talking to you next Sunday. Bye!